Welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, John. Here with me today are Brian. Hey. And Alex. Hello. We are playing some Night Sweats trios tonight with the Spire team of sweaties. <laughs> and uh, we're, we're going to talk about Marvel Snap for the entire episode. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs> Just Brian kidding. just quit the podcast. We're gonna we're gonna do some some uh, backlog and some patch notes for you guys. But before we get to all that, if you find all the places, if you want to find all the places you can listen to the show, check out midwestgamers.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network has a Patreon. Patreon supports all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as one dollar a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks to JSK Timesy, David O, and Corey Z for the contributions. One of the perks to join the Patreon is you get early access to our bonus episodes that we call SideQuest. SideQuest are where we veer off outside the realm of video games into food, beverages, movies, TV, and more. Join our Patreon to get those episodes a week early. Otherwise, they show up in the feed on our off weeks. As always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGameNerds at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. Alex, any bumpers for the network? Yes, the Horror Movie Yearbook Boys put out an episode talking about The Thing from Another World from 1951, I believe, which is the the movie upon which The Thing by John Carpenter is based. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's John Carpenter. Wow. I've lost all semblance of any knowledge that I had. Uh, and they're going to talk about Freddy versus Jason uh, this week, I believe, as the 20th anniversary of Freddy versus Jason is coming up, which is blowing my mind. Have I, they have they ever done a series on like the Universal monsters? Uh, I don't think they've done a series, but they've touched on. I think they touched on like the OG Dracula uh, a while back. I know Tim is a massive fan of the Universal Monsters movie, like the OG stuff. So he probably um, borrowed those books from the Patton Gill Library back in the day, the Universal Monsters books. Like it was him and I, like renting them, <coughs> like borrowing them out one after the other, back and forth. <laughs> Unfortunately, he was uh, in Northern Michigan at the time. Uh, he did not grow up around here. But yes, oh, really? it would have been I him. He yeah. did. When did. No, I thought he moved here. He was. He went to Patton Gill, didn't he? How north is he? Like you mean Willie? Yeah, Willie, 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 Willie. Might I don't know Willie. I think Willie went. Did to I Pangel. say Tim? I meant Willie. You said Tim. Yeah, uh, could I mean that sounds like a thing Willie would do for sure. Um, uh, we can we can find out because there were some weeks where I was going to the library, being like, "Who took my books?" Like, and you know, it could have been him. <laughs> it was just you and Willie cycling between Goosebumps and Universal Monsters. Yeah, but um, the Universal Monsters books were sweet. I actually looked those up on eBay not too long ago, and someone was selling the like the set of them for like a thousand dollars. And I'm like, I can't. Jesus. I'm not even. Nope. As much as yeah. I want those, I'm not going to do it. Anyways, horrormovieyearbook.com. Please go check it out. They also talked about a. Uh, let me pull up the exact uh, verbiage here so that I don't get anything wrong. Uh, they previewed the Northwest Champion Wrestling Presents Sudden Impact, which is a wrestling show that Willie commentated at at the Berkeley Knights of Columbus this past week, and it was a performance of the ages. So I've seen um, postings of that on like the Facebook pages. Yeah, and I'm so excited to see that Willie's a part of that. <laughs> I yeah, I was there watching in the flesh, and I couldn't. You didn't. Everybody was so loud, you couldn't really hear Willie. So I need to go back and watch the recorded version of it. Yeah, which I don't know how to procure as of yet. 
Um, but I'm sure it's up on, I heard it was going to be on like YouTube or Facebook or something. So they probably have um, their own channel, you know, they, I think they had like a poster that had like a Roku channel or something, but I, that's awesome. Try not to deal with Roku whenever I can. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's the thing that they did. Willie was on there as well. So please check out the Google, the Northwest championship wrestling presents sudden impact. And maybe you'll find your way over to. Willie's commentation. I don't Boom. know. Commentary? Comment- commentary. Commentary. If he's a commentator, are you commentating? A commentate? I don't know. You're just commenting. Sure. But then Com- wouldn't he be a commenter? I, I maybe. I don't know. He's a commentator. Anyway. This isn't the English Midwest is fucking ling- stupid. Yeah. podcast. <laughs> That's good because I'm an engineer and I don't I have no command of the English I language. I know speak good. Pretty much. I know numbers. Barely know those two. All right, uh, let's go here. Plans I make still have you in them. This ten-minute-long intro. Swim into view. And I really want to play them, but I want to play you too. New games keep coming out, but I only think of you. <laughs> I only know that I will get to you someday in the backlog. There you, you know go. At, at, least, at least you're on key. <laughs> like you're good like you did a good job I tried I tried I think I don't know sometimes I hear myself sing things and I'm like I'm not that on key am I but I don't know anyway um, the thing is if you can recognize when you're off key that's a step ahead of anybody else who sucks <laughs> at singing fair enough <laughs> Um, I booted up Remnant from the Ashes, not to be confused with Remnant 2, which just came out and dropped the subtitle, has no subtitle. Um, Remnant from the Ashes is a third-person shooter, uh, and people have likened it to um, Shooter Dark Souls is kind of the shorthand that I think a lot of people have described it with. Or as. Um, And I don't completely disagree, but it also has a little bit of like a Destiny-ish feel to me in some ways. So it's like the Division meets Dark Souls. Sure, yeah. Dark Vision. Dark Vision, yeah. Um, And so I've really only played like the first 25 minutes, which is barely through the uh, tutorial and through like an opening mission. But... um, Here's what I'll say. This game originally came out August 20th, 2019 for PS4, Xbox, and Windows. Um, And it feels older than that. But I think it was also like a budget title at the time. I don't think they were charging full price for it. Uh, Remnant 2, from what I hear, is an Unreal Engine 5 game. One of of the early Unreal Engine 5 games to actually come out uh, right now. And apparently looks gorgeous. Um, Which so from the ahead. ashes does not. 
Yes. And so I think um, I want to continue playing From the Ashes because I am a completionist, but um, it just, it doesn't, I feel like it hasn't aged well, and that's a little weird to say about a game that's really only like four years old. Yeah. I tried it kind of close to release, I feel like. I think it was on Game Pass for a little bit, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, So maybe it wasn't right at release, but it was still kind of new-ish. And I don't think I ever got into the actual gameplay of it. Because, like, the beginning intro part was so long that I lost interest. Yeah. Yeah, it hasn't... I didn't... I just don't have enough time or energy to play things, and so that's the only reason that I haven't gotten further. But it does feel a little bit like there's a long road to getting to the game. (laughs) And you have the ability to, like, turn off doing the tutorial, but I don't even know that that takes that much away from the start of the game. I think there's a lot of opening missions that are pretty early on. Um, but what I will say is like you start off with being able to pick between one of three archetypes and they have, um, they're all kind of based upon range. There's one that's meant to get up close where you get a shotgun and a six shooter. There's another one that's a little bit further away where you get what I assume is some kind of scout rifle. It's a repeater of some kind. And, um, and a six shooter as well. And then there's also like a sniper rifle class. Um, and I picked the close range one, which I don't normally do, but I did because the ultimate allows you to add more damage to your ammunition by putting like a fire element on it. And, um, I figured that would be most useful playing solo. Um, because this is a game that is meant to be played in groups of three, if possible, is my understanding. And I've heard from a lot of people that this game and its sequel are a lot of fun with other people. Um, I just don't have a consistent playtime that would make it so that I could actually play it with anybody else who does own the game, which is kind of sad, but... Yeah, I can't play at 2 a.m., or in between I don't even I can't even do that anymore. I literally okay. have like 30 minutes between like 11 and 11:30 and then I have to go to sleep otherwise I just completely ruin the following day as well. Um so that's about all the time. If you want to play it in 30 minute chunks, which I'm sure would be intolerable seeing as how you couldn't make it through the tutorial and early missions yourself. <laughs> I don't uh, think I saw an early mission. It was just the tutorials. Well, it's, I think there's like a, the tutorial I think is like the section where you just have the sword. Mm. And then I don't even remember any combat, your combat. I just remember like running around a, like a base and talking to people. There's a, there's, there's like you get, when you get your gun and you pick it, did you pick a class? I don't know. Okay. Well, you you remembered the gun this time. You can't, there's no, Was they it don't, on the stairs? it's not, it's not a Bloodborne type. It's not that souls like where you just can't pick up the weapons where that you're you meant to play. you just forget about a they, major mechanic right off yeah. the bat. No, that, as far as I know, that's not possible, at least in the first remnant game. I don't know. If there's um, a will, there's a way, right? I mean. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm excited to keep checking it out there. I think we're too, uh, two pieces of downloadable content. Um, and I, you know, I think 
Did you purchase it or is it still on Game Pass? It was on PlayStation Plus for free uh, at some point, and that's where I got it. I'm not opposed to picking it up. You can get the Green Man Gaming right now has the uh, complete edition for $14.28, which is pretty um, pretty compelling, or $11.48 if you don't want to commit the $3 to the two DLC packs that came out. Um, so that's for remnant, uh, from the ashes and then remnant Two, you know, I think has been getting good reviews. People have been enjoying, um, and I'd eventually like to get there, but, uh, we'll see. I, like, I wish I had more to say about the game. I just haven't gotten into it deep enough. The one thing that I heard that was very exciting was I heard on remap radio, which is the, uh, Phoenix birthed from the ashes of Waypoint. Um, they were talking about how in the second game, at least with the archetypes, and I think this is true of the first game as well, but I'm not sure. There are other, uh, there's a point in the game where the other archetypes and their skills become available to you so you can start to mix and match things. And there are mm-hmm. archetypes that are hidden in side quests and other places for you to discover within the game. So, like, it just sounded like it was such a rich way to be able to build your character and spec it out to do the things that you would like. Uh, Something that I enjoyed in Destiny, um, but maybe don't have any desire to play with in Destiny, um, that I think would be fun to eventually work to in Remnant. So, hopefully I stick with it. It's been nice to play something that isn't Zelda a little bit, but um, I do also still need to finish Zelda as well. So, but that's what I've been playing backlog wise. Brian, what about you? Um, I played a little bit of the Horizon uh, Burning Shores DLC again, basically just finished one encounter with a giant new enemy type that I hadn't seen yet. It was basically like a giant frog. It was pretty cool. Nice. It took forever. I almost died many times. Did he spit flames because it's the burning shores? Uh, poison. Oh, okay. Which was, was worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and he leaps really far. Mm. Hi. As frogs do. Yeah. <laughs> or it, I should say. <laughs> Anyways. Um but then I got an the RPG itch and I was like, damn, I kinda w I think I want Baldur's Gate three. And I bought it, but I haven't really touched it because the actual release is in a few days. And uh, the save games from the early access do not carry over. But I wanted to get it right before it came out because you get the digital deluxe content for free if you pre-purchase it. So I was like, all right, cool. Why not? If I'm going to get it anyways, it's not going to go on sale. So at least not anytime soon. 
Humble Bundle right now has a pack of Icewind Dale Enhanced Edition, Planescape Torment Enhanced Edition, Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition, Baldur's Gate 2 Enhanced Edition, Neverwinter Nights, and Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous. And those are all games that I like. wish I had the patience to play right now. Um, and you can get all those for $12. Um, so if you want to work your way up to Baldur's Gate 3, that's also available. As I heroes. have uh, Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition, and I have Baldur's Gate 2 Enhanced Edition. I just got it free from one of the services. I don't know if it was Epic Game Store or mm. Good Old Games. Some some service had it for free recently, so that's cool. I think Epic did. can't remember, but I'm pretty sure it was Epic that had it. Um... Yeah, as far as the old games that I am still going through, uh, well, sort of old, I would consider Diablo 4 is already sort of in my backlog, but I still <laughs> haven't finished the campaign. Okay. Is I don't know, there's just like, it's a, it's a cool game, but it's repetitive enough to where if I try to play in the evening after work, it kind of puts me to sleep. So I've mm. mostly been gravitating toward multiplayer stuff like Call of Duty and whatnot, which also I'm kind of sick of, but whatever. Um, yeah. Oh, well, this is a this is a real backlog game. <laughs> While waiting for Baldur's Gate 3 to launch, um, Jim and I have been revisiting our co-op game of Divinity Original Sin 2. And we've actually made some more progress, which is nice. But we're still on the damn starter island. <laughs> that um, game is still on my like Steam wish list. Um, <clears throat> because I've heard nothing but like incredible things about it, but I just don't I don't think I have the patience to do it right now. It is awesome, but <gasps> oh, we lost we Brian. We lost him. Well, that He's was back. interesting. You're back. It kicked me out for some reason. That's weird. Yeah. I was going to say Divinity Original Sin 2 is awesome, but it is punishingly difficult, in my mm. opinion. I mean, it's like you really have to understand all the systems in play. And there's a lot of them, or you will fail. And it just kind of starts the trend of you being outnumbered and overpowered, like, right off the bat. And basically, there's there's rarely an encounter where you're not outnumbered. And then if you're not outnumbered, you're definitely outclassed by... Uh, just the amount of abilities and whatnot that the uh, enemy has. Like, it took four characters to take out one caster, but, yeah, whatever. That sounds like something that my mushy brain can't handle right now, so... It's a lot, but once you figure out the synergy with all the elements and stuff, with the poison and, like fire and 
water. Like you can you can cast water on fire and it turns to steam, and then electricity spells will pass through steam more effectively. And you can even uh I think you can evaporate uh yeah there's all kinds of shit it's you're you're right it's a lot to wrap your it brain sounds around. very cool though like you know the fact the, that it goes that deep yeah i was gonna say one cool thing that that game does have as well is if you happen to own it on nintendo switch yeah you can actually use your steam save games yeah that's awesome steam cloud I wish yeah. literally everything. I would buy Remnant right now on Steam if I could just play the same state, save on both of them, but I can't. But so. I'm pretty sure Divinity Original Sin is deck certified as well, so you could just do that. Uh, Sin Two is. I have it yeah. on. Like I have it. I had it downloaded. I I bought that game a long time ago, and as someone who actually plays D and D, I've. I'm actually surprised by myself that I don't enjoy playing any of those games. Mm. Um, well, it doesn't go by the D and D rule set, so no, that makes I know it Divinity doesn't, but like Baldur's Gate does. Like, yeah, you know, I I just mean like those those like isometric view role playing games that are oftentimes like dice roll style play to some extent. Like it's random, you know, like it. Divinity has like a randomization to your attacks and stuff. Like you're never, you're like when you do damage, you're never. It's never like, oh, I'm always gonna do ten damage because that's what this weapon gives me, right? Like it's mm-hmm. it still has like yeah. a randomization to it, so it does follow some kind of D and D structure in that respect. But I've never really. I own Baldur's Gate. I bought Baldur's Gate back in the day. I still have mm-hmm. the original discs. I have the manual. I have the unfoldable keyboard thing that tells you all the hotkeys and everything. I bought it because I like Dungeons and Dragons. I never have gotten out of the town in that opening <laughs> in the game. I get killed every time I try to do anything in that. Like right as soon as I get out of the gate, it's like I'm dead. Yeah. And uh it, it's like I get was... killed by a pack of wolves or something. And like I just never understood that. And like everyone's like, Oh, it's a great RPG. It's better than Final Fantasy Seven. And I'm like, You're all full of shit. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's I, um, that's all that's it's apples and oranges in my opinion, but right. But if give me one of those games with the battle system, or at least like the the battle mechanics of like a tactics or uh you know some other like like XCOM or whatever you know give me the grid based system like the ability to you know when I'm fighting something like have like have see how elevation is affecting you and like all of that shit. Like I like those divinity has some of those elements. Like you, you can see the radius of your attacks and such, and it it, it is turn-based and it goes by action points. It is. So that's the biggest difference between that and the old Baldur's Gate games. Cause those were technically real time, but you would just pause and issue your commands and they would play out in whatever order they're supposed to. See, and that's the thing is like when I would play Baldur's Gate and I would pause it because you hit spacebar to pause, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you issue commands and then I unpause. It seemed like maybe I didn't do it right or something and I would just die instantly. Like I would get murdered by whatever was there and my guys never did shit. So I don't know if I was just not inputting commands properly or whatever, but it never seemed very clear to me 
and it just never I never got as much enjoyment out of those games as I wanted to. Did you pick up the gun? I did. I did pick up the oh, gun. I found it on okay. the stairs. Well, it turns out Dungeons and Dragons Tactics was released for the PSP in 2007. So if you want to check that out, we can get a there you go. We can get an emulator going or something. No, I'm I'm good. Maybe I'll actually put Divinity Original Sin 2 on the deck and play it and see how that goes. Maybe um, I don't know. Are you Brian? Do you have more you want to talk about? Because I can go into what I've been doing too and like segue. Yeah. No, you can. You can take it from here. Yeah, so, uh, because I did purchase Triangle Strategy, because it was on sale, uh, and that's a tactics, that is like Final Fantasy, it's like a spiritual successor to Final Fantasy Tactics in a way, uh, made by Square Enix. I haven't played any of it yet, but I downloaded it, it's ready to go. It used up the last of my Comcast data for the month of July (laughs) and put me over the data edge, and I'm being charged for extra data right now while we stream this video and record this remotely. So fuck Comcast, you suck, and I hate you. Why haven't you switched yet? I'm switching today. I was like, it's happening as soon as we are done recording. I'm switching internet services. My concern is where is are they? Is there an overlap, or am I? As soon as I cancel Comcast, is it done? Because I'm pretty sure I just paid for this whole next month already. Well, I don't know. (laughs) They're they're assholes because we've had to deal with that before. And we we paid through a certain day, and uh, they just shut it off like three days early. For, yeah, so that's and then we still got cool charged with. for it. I mean, we argued about it, and we just had to give up eventually because they fucking suck. And we could have a whole podcast about that, but yeah, um, we won't get into that. Anyways, that, I mean, all companies suck to some degree, I'm sure, but. I've just had never had any good luck with them in the last decade. Radical yeah. communism here on the game. No, they suck. All companies Anyways, suck. <laughs> uh, moving along, uh, I've been playing more Death Stranding, and I'm becoming more and more obsessed with that game. And what the the just the the weird completionists like attitude. I don't. I I try so hard to just beeline the story and just like. And but you can't because it's so stupidly fun to figure out different pathways to take packages and like avoid the mules and like build the roads to help you get go even faster. Because if you build a road out and you've got power legs on and you're just like fucking tearing down the road in the center of the road with your power legs, not wasting any any battery, not wasting any stamina. It's like you're Sonic the fucking Daryl, like just racing <laughs> down the road. <laughs> And it's so good. <laughs> and if something hits you, you spill all your rings by d- all your packages <laughs> fall off your back. It's it's fucking Sonic the Hedgehog, but you're Does a human being dip? dressed in a blue uniform, racing really fast down a road uh, that's raised above the rest of the world somehow magically. I I still don't understand any of the like. I don't know what the hell's happening in the story of the game. But it's just so good. It is such a cool game. It runs so well on the Steam Deck. You guys would be fucking blown away playing that on the Steam Deck. Yeah. It's um, it's honestly impressive because I get, I think I get a solid 40 frames, like, and it's maybe playing in, like, medium, like, quality, but 
on that small of a screen, that's fucking ultra. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just it's incredible. Like, Valve did such a great job with the Steam Deck. The only issue I'm having is I get a lot of hand fatigue because mm. the Steam Deck is a heavy device. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the exact weight, but it's heavy, and it. Uh, if you're having a long session of playing Amazon Daryl, you know, Daryl Prime, <laughs> however you want to play it, <laughs> it hurts your hands after a while. You get tired. And so, you know, I find myself like setting my hands down lower and then I tweet, I, you know, I, I got my chin to my chest looking down at my lap and then my neck starts to hurt. And then <laughs> it's like, well, what the fuck? And then the fan on the back of the Steam Deck is burning a hole in my pants because it's so fucking hot. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, the deck is one and a half pounds. That's a heavy machine to hold for three hours of a charge time or whatever you get out of it. You know, yeah. like I keep it plugged in most of the time. It also has power <coughs> pass through. I don't know if anybody you should, knew uh, that, but you, you, you can't burn out the battery on that thing. It's impossible. You should, um, you should get a thing that you can just like, it's like, you know, the harmonica holder thing for, uh, for like guitar players. Yeah. But it's like a get belt one for and the it goes deck. around, it goes around my, my chest and it like, no, 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 no. Just get one for the deck that just holds it in front of your face and then Bluetooth the controller to the deck so that you can have your hands in like a resting position. Well, I saw then- a guy online who was like, I found the perfect position for the steam deck and he was laying flat. <laughs> with it on his lap facing like up towards his face and he had some of those like periscope mirror, glasses mirror. the mirror glasses <laughs> and i'm like that's fucking genius like this guy yeah. this is amazing then there was the other people who had it they were they were laying on their bed with a cardboard box yes. over their head with a yeah. hole cut out and the steam deck laying on top and then they've got a controller in their hands so I did buy the dock. I've been meaning to just hook it up to the TV, but I don't. I don't think I have any extra HDMI cords laying around. Like I've got a shitload I'll have to of see. them. I, I'm sure I have one somewhere. I can't believe I I couldn't find one. But come shop so at I, I Alex's discount up. mono price. And then uh, I also I I need to get my my Xbox Ghost controller connected to it. So because mm. I yeah. think I can connect it without using a dongle. This is like one of the newer Xbox. Uh, xbox one controller so i think it just uses regular bluetooth but i could be wrong i think you're right they can use both yeah yeah Yeah, because i I tried bluetooth on my pc and And i think alex tried it and it yeah it sucks but that's with the pc i don't know i I assume that was devices i do also have a steam controller in my closet here of stuff so I could just pull that out. And supposedly the Steam controller connects like instantly to the deck mm. and works perfectly. You probably don't so, even have to connect it. They just know. They find each other. They're drift compatible. You just have to turn right. it on and it'll climb out of the closet and look for the deck. Right. It just slides down the stairs. Oh, there you are. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that and I've just been continually playing Marvel Snap nonstop. Whenever I, I I do my dailies and then I put it down. Uh, Conquest yeah. mode is so good. I've created some decks to play around with. I'm having a lot of fun with them. I made a threes deck where everything has three power. And then I throw out Cerebro and Mystique at the end and it makes them Buffs all. everything. Yeah. I mean, they gain plus two for each of those. So they're four. So they each each one becomes seven. So you've got a you've got twenty ones all around, you know. 
Yeah. And if you're playing against the right person, like they don't even know what's coming. They, yep. <laughs> they just, yep. and then everything's low enough power that it doesn't get hit by Shang-Chi. So you're good there. Like it's just so good. Snap is so stupid, addictive and I can't <laughs> stop playing it. And, uh, I love talking about it. I like making strategies. I like playing around with weird deck combinations. If I have some guy pull another fucking uh, Wong Mystique Gambit combo on me, I swear to God, I'll, I'm mm. gonna I'm gonna hunt them down and kill them. Mm-hmm. Because that you play a destroy deck with that with Gambit in there, and you have Swarm left in your hand, and Swarm's the one that Gambit keeps pulling to like yep. to kill you with. They'll take out your entire board. And then yep. you just hate yourself. Yeah. So, Gotta get that Cosmo. Yeah. That's Throw just, Cosmo just, down to ruin the Wong, the Wong mystique. It's such a good game. It's so good. And I had somebody the other day, I was playing, I was playing my lane lock deck and I dropped Storm and it was the turn. I dropped Storm in turn four, which is a mistake. Now that Legion's out, don't ever drop Storm turn four because the next turn is the last turn you can play cards. And if they throw Legion down and it and they already have the advantage, it makes every single location the last turn you can play a card and then yeah. you're done. You can't play anything yeah. next turn. And, yeah, uh, I got screwed by that once. It was bad. Never but. again. No, anyways, I've just yeah. been having fun uh, still just... The most toxic win I can get is the best win, and I feel like my Lockjaw deck that just randomly pulls fucking 20 power with Dracula is still extremely... That that Nova Venom drop I just did before we started recording was beautiful. That yep. was a fun one. Yeah. So, Brian, have you played it anymore at all, or are you just, like, off of it completely? I I don't have time for it. I'd rather spend my limited gaming time playing other games. Yeah, he wants a refreshing experience like Call of Duty. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's not toxic. <laughs> uh, no, I, it's toxic in the right ways. Plenty, plenty toxic. The only issue I really have with it, to be honest... Well, the last patch introduced this weird... It, problem with uh the ping kind of just shooting up for random people in the lobby like i don't understand there's some sort of networking issue with it that hmm. wasn't there before it's and probably some I anti-cheat do feel like, bullshit well i do feel like we were before this recent update we were running into a lot of cheaters like a lot yeah and uh that was getting annoying it wasn't really annoying in, like, larger 6v6 games, whatever. Like, we don't really care about winning as much in those. But when we were doing the 2v2 gunfight stuff, if somebody was cheating, it was really irritating. I mean, I can't prove that they were, but there's there's just certain telltale things that people do that seem like they make it very likely that they're cheating. Yeah. But Bastards. yeah, I don't really have anything to say about that game. <laughs> it's uh, no Marvel Snap. That's what I'll say. It's no Marvel Snap. That is that is for sure. So true. Let's move on. I did. Uh, I did. 
a while back tell Tim that we would be talking about BattleBit Remastered. So I don't know if you want to just quickly touch on what BattleBit is and why people are maybe enjoying it in early access, Brian. Um, I, I would think- say BattleBit is very much inspired by the Battlefield franchise, but it focuses on the fun aspects of it and isn't it isn't bogged down by any of the bullshit that EA has been doing with battle passes and you know premium unlocks and all that stuff right it's a it's it a just, 15 dollar game that's that's complete like out of the yeah. gate like and they just add new shit to it all the time for free and it's um, it's a studio of three dudes, right? It, it appears so. As far it's as just I've, three people, I, I think so. I don't know for sure. That's what I've heard. Uh, I haven't really looked into it, but um, it also I think it has wide appeal because you can basically play it on a toaster because it's very low-fi. <laughs> yeah, graphics and uh, <laughs> that's fine. Um, that's not really my cup of tea. Like, I don't really like the Minecraft look, but it, yeah. it works for that game. It's charming, I guess. I'd rather have something a little more fleshed out. It actually, it, it makes it a little difficult for me to see enemies sometimes because everything just looks like a fucking block. So, but, you know, that's a me problem. Like, I, I don't, I can't fault the game. It is what it is. It's just, um, it is fun, but for whatever reason, I just haven't been in the mood to play it. I just, I just don't think I have the battlefield mentality right now. Like the, the matches are massive. They're too big. In my opinion, most of the time they're like, you can do servers of 127 versus 127. And that's like a bit much, um, (laughs) But it, when it's working, it's like it's pretty interesting to behold. Just seeing helicopters and tanks and shit everywhere that are actually being piloted by real yeah. people <clears throat> elsewhere in the world. Well, that's pretty sick. I uh, it's always not like it's a fifteen like John says fifteen dollar game that yes, and it's in early access, and I feel like. It's always fun to see like the smaller indie-ish things that the internet rallies around, like Vampire Survivors and Battle Bit and stuff like that. I feel like, um, you know, whether it's the fact that like maybe Twitch streamers are getting it in front of people's eyeballs, and then they're like, "You can go play this for fifteen dollars or three dollars or whatever." Um, I feel like it's a good instance of the cream rising to the top. Um, Yeah, I definitely hope the trend continues. I'm really itching for two types of shooters that are not really on the market, in my opinion, right now. I just want a game to take this kind of business model, like BattleBits model, and and just be a pure arena shooter. Yeah. With no stupid hero classes or anything. No extra abilities, just pure 
Quake. You know, jump pads, whatever. Mayhem. Quake 3 yeah. or Unreal Rocket Tournament jumps. style. Yes. Uh, that's all I want. Yeah, There's it's weird. There's games that have that kind of stuff, but then they throw in other shit, and they kind of ruin it. Like, um, I can't remember the name of it right now. There was a game that had, like, a portal-type mechanic, which was kind of uh, fun, but it just wasn't quite fast enough. Splitgate? Splitgate, yeah. But they yeah. are making a sequel. They decided to just kind of cease development on the current game and make a new one. So I'll be interested to see where that goes. But they they had they had the right ideas. It definitely wasn't pay to win. It was free, I mean, but, like... But just think, if we learned how to make a game in, like, Minecraft or whatever, right, with, like, voxel graphics and whatnot, the three of us, right, and we sold 1.8 million copies of our game like they did for BattleBit, we would each walk away with $6 million. <laughs> like, yeah. That's, that'd be fun. Individually. Because it made 20, like, whatever, it made $27 million, and Steam takes, like, a 30 to 40% cut or whatever. Just think. Yeah, no, I mean, I would love to make the next Vampire Survivors if I had any natural ability to make a video game anywhere in my body, but... Did you watch the no-clip Vampire Survivors doc? Uh, I started it, I have not finished it, but it is... It's it is. So too long, you know, seven whole minutes, right? I haven't no, watched it. No, it's 30 either. minutes. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. my bad. Yeah, it's as long as one playthrough on a normal, like, Vampire Survivors level. But yeah, it's <laughs> not my it's, playthrough. It's super funny because uh, the guy wants to stay anonymous, so they made a, a vampire puppet, like yep. a Muppet, yep. to represent him. And uh, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but speaking of no clip, I wanted to do some patch notes, so I'm going to hit that. And now, Patch Notes with John, Brian, and Alex. So, Noclip. Uh, for those who don't know, Noclip is a YouTube channel uh, started by Danny O'Dwyer of GameSpot fame. Um, he's a very charming Irishman. And uh, his Noclip recently came into a bunch of tapes with video game stuff on them. Uh, my understanding is from being somebody who has paid attention to Giant Bomb and GameSpot over the last few years is that this is an archive of tapes that were taken from like E3 presentations and different press stuff um, that uh, ended up sitting in a closet and Giant Bomb started to do some video features where they would watch these tapes and talk over them. But uh, Giant Bomb has been sold, I think, four or five times in the last, like, three years, basically. Um, that's a little bit facetious, but it's not that far off. <laughs> and so the tapes were going to get thrown out, and it seems as though Danny O'Dwyer managed to get them out of there. And uh, it's a lot of mixed different formats, but the cool thing is, is that a lot of them are... Even though they're tapes, you can get near HD quality out of them by uh, capturing the footage in a specific way. So if you go to the YouTube channel that is Noclip Archive, um, they've been posting some of these videos, and it includes certain things like um, they have they just 
uh, two weeks ago, posted the E3 2006 press conference for Sony, which is the one that has literally all of the memes with Ridge Racer and giant enemy crabs with uh, weak spots to target and, like, all the, like, ridiculous PlayStation 3 stuff, not to mention, like, the $5.99 price uh, announcement that people... Uh, I believe Boo and things like that. They have it uploaded in uh, 1080p resolution. And it's pretty incredible to go back and think about like, yeah, 2006 was before people had HD TVs for the most part. Um, and they have this like footage. I always find it interesting. Um, there were, there were videotapes of the, 1992 Olympics, the Winter Olympics that were in Japan, and people extracted the footage from them at extremely high resolution, and it's crazy to see video quality that looks as good as something today taken from the past, and there's a lot of that in these things that uh, they're uploading to Noclip Archive, so... How are they doing that? Are they using, like, the AI shit or something from, like, NVIDIA? <laughs> like- no, it's got something to do with the way that these tapes functioned and the way that the captures... Like, I think the... You can basically take an analog format like a tape and capture it to something like a higher digital resolution that didn't exist at the time, you know, like a mini DV tape when I would extract it in high school to make a video project out of it. The most you could really do is 480p because that's what the computer could even handle dealing with in Premiere Pro. Right. Um, But but because we have the capability of, of seeing or, or we have technology now that can see in HD, they're able to actually like, somehow get the the actual full resolution of the original source material exactly yeah i don't think they're doing the like super there's this like really cool shit that i think we talked about with andy in our like in our chat on discord where people are tapping into the direct rf signal of vhs's in order to get higher than like 1080p resolution off of analog videotapes, which is just mind-blowing shit. That's crazy. I don't think he's doing that with this no-clip stuff. I think he's just capturing it at the highest possible resolution for whatever type of tape uh, that he's working with. That makes me want to, like, get whatever that... We need to do that for Dad so that he can get all the family videos in, like, HD. Uh, yeah, no, I think uh, that, that kind of shit would be awesome to do. Um, but... Yeah, no, this shit that they're uploading on Noclip Game History Archive on YouTube is really cool. It's a bunch of, like, E3, like, earlier E3 presentations at very high resolution. There's also this, like, behind-closed-doors Knights of the Old Republic tape that he posted. It's, like, 20 minutes long. It got sent around to different uh, game... uh, uh, game news outlets and things like that where they do a bunch of behind the scenes stuff that literally nobody had seen before and it's like not even final video game footage um, and so it's pretty cool it's apparently something that was shown behind closed doors at E3 2001 um, so cool stuff check it out awesome that he's doing this work he's also uploading there's some stuff that is just not they have some presentations where they have the multicam footage, 
that was being live broadcast switched between different cameras at E3. Like the thing, like, like, um, I can't remember what examples he was bringing up, but just like, you know, you'll see these E3 presentations from before where they're switching to different cameras and they have tapes from all of the cameras. So they would have to go and recreate the, the cuts of the tape together to make the same thing that we would have seen at home. Right. So I don't, he hasn't decided exactly how he's going to handle that stuff, but he's not only uploading these, uh, more, uh, on the surface, interested, interesting videos to YouTube, but he's going to be uploading more to archive.org as well as like a, this is maybe important in a broader context, but not necessarily something that's going to get a ton of hits on YouTube. So, right. Um, really cool that they're doing this work and preserving this stuff and fun to check out if you haven't seen some of the stuff before. So, and then uh, the other news article that I had, uh, Video Games Chronicle reporting today, something that we've heard a lot of, but this seems a little bit more concrete than it has been before. Uh, sources have told Video Games Chronicle that Nintendo is targeting a second half of 2024 release date for their next-gen console. Uh, supposedly, development kits are uh, in the hands of key partner studios, um, this is all rumored, but, uh, you know, reliable enough for them to print it. Video games chronicle fairly well, uh, established, um, not, not as top of mind as something like a Kotaku, I guess, but pretty, you know, as of late, pretty good track record from what I understand. Um, but yeah, they just have key sources saying that there's a new switch coming next year, later next year. And we were thinking of maybe taking a minute to talk about what we even want out of that. Um, my number one thing, I went, I decided to go all digital with the Switch at one point. Okay. And if it's not backwards compatible, I will be very heartbroken in that regard. And usually Nintendo is pretty good about being one generation previous backwards compatible that wasn't true of the switch obviously with the wii u because they went from discs to cartridges right but in a digital sense <clears throat> and you know the fact that like it seems like we're headed enough to to a future where it's becoming more important like having a library of games on a system is locking people into different platforms i think nintendo would be smart to make that the case here so i don't know what you guys want out of switch 2 i'm just curious like what, successor. what the next gimmick is going to be you know like the switch is this portable handheld yet dockable home station console like what is the evolution of that you know like uh I don't even know how you could expand that other than like like putting it like i know they kind of did it already with like the um I don't remember what it was called, but the the cardboard thing that they made. Nintendo make, Labo. Yeah, so the, the Nintendo Labo, where they allowed you to make like a VR helmet that you could slide the 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 screen into. Yeah. Like, is the is VR some kind of VR thing the next evolution of Nintendo? Like, are they going to full circle and go back to like the the 
do they do, do, they, boy, they do like, a virtual boy, but it's AR instead? It might be kind of compelling, you know? Yeah, they kind of like did AR does, stuff with uh, the the like, the Mario they take Kart. the idea of like the the Apple? Uh, what's that called? Um, Vision Pro, I believe. Yeah, the Apple Vision Pro, and do they take that and they sent they centered around gaming? In a, in and, an alter in an augmented reality space, and make it not thirty five hundred dollars. Yeah, that sounds yeah. Great. No, that's the thing is like <laughs> like that's what they would do is they would do it in the manner in which it's like actually affordable. So they undercut yeah. Apple. Then everyone wants that one because it's made by N- Nintendo, mm-hmm. so it's gonna have like game support on it. But it could still they could still do all the stuff that the Apple one's doing theoretically. You know what I mean? Like if they wanted to, but. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Like I'm I'm just like I'm curious like what is the next evolution of Nintendo? And if you read um Reggie's book, like hearing him talk about like checking out the Switch for the first time um before what's his name passed away. I can't remember. Iwata. Now. Yeah, before Iwata passed away and getting to see the Switch before anybody else did. And then I mean Reggie was he kind of saw the Switch and then he kind of stepped back, right? Like that was kind of like his whole he, then Bowser, so, yeah. Doug Bowser stepped into the role of, of uh, CEO, but um, I'm just curious, like, what is, where can they go from here other than like maybe expanding into the AR VR realm of things, and you know if if that's even feasible, I don't, I don't know because they again they would want to keep it affordable, and if they're going to compete with like Apple and Sony, they've got to undercut them. Yeah. That's fair. I don't know. That I mean, I think that'd be interesting. But I feel like Nintendo is generally either late to the party with things like that or early to the party with something completely different. I just don't know what that completely different thing could be. Well, they're they're always like each other system is like a stepping stone to the mm-hmm. next one, like sort of, right? So like the Wii, you start with the Wii and the big thing was motion controls and in this like wireless controller like setup, you know, with the light bar and everything and blah blah blah. And then the Wii U was like, well, why don't we just put the whole controller in your like the whole display and everything in your hands, make that wireless, and then if you're sitting there at the television, you can use this as like a secondary screen kind of thing, you know? And then like the Wii U is basically just a giant switch with controllers stuck to it, you know? You can yeah. go play Zelda on the toilet if you want. Like, I I kind of almost wonder if they would go a little bit backwards in the sense of like, would they make a Switch two that is more powerful, but you have the ability to buy a little set top box that you could just stream the full resolution to, and you'd just be playing from your from your. You can still play in your lap. You could get that second screen experience. Yeah. You know, it would open that up for you if you were to connect to this thing. Or did they I, just take the success of the Switch and they make one a, a little bit larger and with higher specs, you know? Also possible. Bigger yeah. screen, thinner body. They throw a SIM card slot in it so you can play portably. They start Nintendo Voice or something like that and they have like a <laughs> cell phone plan for it. And you hold but it you, sideways like the taco of the N-Gage. You can't call anybody on it because that would be make too much sense, right? You have to give them your Nintendo friend code. In order yeah, to you have to memorize people's friend code to call them. 
Brian, what would make you buy a Switch 2? What would you... That's not going to make me buy a Switch. No, 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 I know. I know. (laughs) But I want to know. If I can still play Zelda Tears of the Kingdom on it, since I haven't played it yet, that would be enough to let me buy it. Yeah, to to get me to buy one. If you can play it at a constant... As long as it's not reasonably... Or unreasonably priced, you know? Yeah. What's unreasonably priced, though? At this I don't point. want to spend $400 for Nintendo. I don't even want to spend 350 for the OLED one, but at this point I would. I've seen it in person now, and I'm like, yeah, there's no way I'm going to buy the regular one. Well, Drew, <laughs> that, got, an, Drew got an OLED one from Timu for like $100, so... <laughs> it was 200 but whatever. But still, <laughs> with Tears now, of the Kingdom. And now Timu owns his soul. Yeah, he he just keeps getting ten dollar off coupons. Will be, <laughs> um, but honestly though, it, as far as an upgrade goes, I I, there, I only want like two things. I want sixty frames per second, and I want four K on the dock, mm. and that's about it. I mean, other quality of life things, sure. Like I think the analog sticks could feel better on the the uh, regular. Like the Joy Cons version, yeah. the Joy Cons, yeah. But I, I like it the way it is for the most part. I don't think they need to radically redesign it. I would just be curious to know the statistics of how many people play it portable as opposed to docked. You know, because I like that's the thing is like I don't anywhere I've ever taken my Switch, I've never really busted it out to play it. Other than like when we were at PAX and we were playing Overcooked in the airport, you know. But that was your switch. It wasn't even mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm curious if uh, I wonder if there's any like. Can I get a can I get a chart of switch light versus switch? And I don't think you can. Because the light can't be docked, obviously, but. Right. Yeah. But it just I mean, in general, like. Yeah, I just, I don't know how many, like, the the joystick thing, like, I get it, because my hands cramp playing those joysticks, like, for sure, but, um, that's the thing, is, like, again, as soon as we could, we all could actually get a pro controller, because we had, when they first came out, they were Mm -hmm. hard to find, and when we could get them, like, we all went out and got one, because we wanted to play with the pro controller, for a couple of reasons, I mean, one being it's an actual controller, it feels great in your hands, too it had like a 45 hour battery life which was unheard of is still unheard of yeah sony (laughs) but leave it to nintendo to figure that out because somehow my game boy advance sp had battery left in it when i turned it on after finding it 12 years later it's probably just (laughs) the same fucking battery it's still a nickel metal hydride battery that they they just took the ones from the the sp line and threw them into the yeah, put them in all Controller. the. We have all the, we had all these batteries made, and we stopped making SPs twelve years ago. So let's uh, throw them in the Joy-Con. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. <clears throat> yeah. No, I'm curious to see what they do. Uh, I could. I think see higher it. I, higher specs are an obvious one, but like yeah. I think some somebody already mentioned that they're going to be higher, but they're still going to be lower than PS5 and Xbox Series X. I think so it'd like, be interesting we, because talking, you know, is it going to be like an Xbox Series S level of technology in like a handheld? Because that's that's impressive. 
right? I think like, to me, the screen is probably going to top out at 1080p in handheld mode, right? You know, and or does I'd Nintendo be okay with make that. the next version of the Steam Deck? You know, yeah, it runs it because the somebody put Steam OS on their their uh on their Switch like recently, like they they put like this basically the Steam Deck experience onto a Switch and it worked. Like maybe Nintendo is like, hey. We could profit off of this PC handheld thing. Yeah. I mean, they can they keep making it. first party Nintendo games that will only work on that device until somebody pirates them on like an emulator <laughs> or whatever. Immediately. But then they also <laughs> allow you to buy Steam games like you can play you can play through Steam on your Nintendo Switch too, you know? I think it'd be a smart thing to do. I don't think Nintendo would ever do it. But no, I don't think we'll so see. either. We Maybe will Xbox see. Game Pass, who knows? Yeah. Project 2024 X Cloud on, your, on your switch too. But anyways, yeah, that's all I got. That's all we got before we, got we do. Before we do the, I don't know what's coming out. Uh, I did pull up a whole list of games coming out in August. You've got Baldur's Gate on August 3rd. Uh, the next one that I'm interested in after reading it is wrestle quest, which is like <laughs> a, a wrestling RPG <laughs> with like eight bit graphics or 16 bit graphics. Um, 30xdx is coming out which i didn't know that was a thing yeah yeah i think um, it's meant to be more of a Mega Man x ish than okay. the That's Mega cool. Man. yeah and then atlas fallen is coming out and stray is going to be out on xbox one and s x and s uh everspace 2 is coming out august 15th uh vampire survivors on the switch is august 17th yeah, and that's going to get a big update for everything. Yeah, that'll be huge. Too. Immortals of Avium, the game that everybody has been pushing <laughs> but nobody cares about, comes out August 22nd. Blasphemous 2 comes out on August 24th. Armored Most Core importantly, 6. Armored Core 6. We have a new FromSoft game coming out yeah, next month. We didn't even talk about this, but the gameplay revealed that they showed off made this look so fucking cool. I don't know if you I guys watched watch that, that at all. It was pretty I, cool. I did not. But that comes out I, August 25th. I will buy that game. Yeah, you. I mean, watch the trailer and just tell me how amped it makes you. Because, like, <laughs> as someone who grew up loving Robotech and shit, like, you will be all all up in that. I'm sure it's um, pretty sick. And then what else? Goodbye Volcano High, the furry game that's coming out on August 29th. <laughs> um, and that's about it. That anybody is that the cares subtitle? About. No, the it's furry just game? it's called Goodbye. It's, it's Goodbye <laughs> Volcano High. It was the one they showed off, and we were all just like, "Oh, it's like weird." furry animals <laughs> like yeah cartoon characters um sea of stars comes out august 29th it's a turn-based rpg inspired by classics that one looks it looks really cool like nice pixelated graphics um i heard it's coming out simultaneously on xbox game pass and playstation plus extra or whatever fucking level you need to have the game library thing so that's interesting nice but uh, yeah, so that's August. Uh, I definitely plan on picking up Armored Core at the very least. Yep. Uh, oh, this other game I saw too, Bomb Rush Cyberfunk, comes out what August eighteenth. It's uh, it's a spiritual successor to Jet Set Radio. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, self-styled graffiti crews tagging pristine walls of concrete with exotic tags of color. It can only be Bomb Rush Cyberfunk, a spiritual successor, Dreamcast class, Dreamcast classic, Jet Set Radio. 
You won't be just brightening up the walls of New Amsterdam and bomb rush cyberfunk as you will be able to pull off some stylish tricks, explore five boroughs, and take on rival gangs and crew battles as you master the extreme arts of skateboarding, inline skating, and BMX cycling. So it's like Splatoon and like Tony Hawk Pro Skater. <laughs> cool. That's cool. I'm into yeah. it. Uh, oh, and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre game comes out on August 18th. So that's another one you can buy 12 copies of and then never hand them out. Rest in peace to Friday the 13th, which is coming to an end at some point in the future. Yeah. They're turning off the, the servers. So Never again will someone <laughs> insult John in that game. I just, I'll never play a game with Nick ever again. <laughs> i'm just kidding nick i know i owe you some uh division play at some point so yeah there you go uh and we should totally play some more um ghost recon and fight the uh fucking terminator because that was cool we can all play payday three when it comes out in september yeah yep yep that'll be good i remember playing that with uh nick and gojo a couple times yeah they are big payday fans I wouldn't be surprised if Gojo was actually planning on robbing a bank at some point based off of that game. Like, he was, like, really inspired <laughs> by it. That's how he trains. Yeah, right. Anyways, to find all the places you can listen to or watch the show or just listen to it because you can't watch it, check out MidwestGamers.com slash links. Midwest Podcast Network has a Patreon. Patreon supports all the shows on our network. You could subscribe for as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks to JZK, Tom Z, David Owen, and Corey Z for the contributions. One of the perks to join the Patreon is you get early access to our side quests that we are early episodes. Blah, you get early access to our bonus episodes that we call side quests. Side quests where we veer off outside the realm of video games, food, beverages, movies, TVs, and more. Join our Patreon for early access to those. Otherwise, they show up in the off weeks. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Well, I missed it. I missed the beat. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Uh, it's like you're trying devious it's like laugh. you're turning me into the fucking micro machines <laughs> guy here trying to get through the outro <laughs> I'm, I'm porky pig in so the whole thing he might have to slow that part down just pitch bend it <laughs>